0: Our needs can be an open door into deeper fellowship between the person that we invite to step into it with us.
1: Welcome to The Habit Podcast, conversations with writers about writing. I'm Jonathan Rogers, your host. In 2016, Kevin Chandler and a few of his friends took a trip across Europe. Kevin's friends carried him, literally. Kevin has spinal muscular atrophy type 2, a disease that renders him unable to walk. But Kevin left his wheelchair behind and his friends carried him in a specially designed backpack, giving him access to many more places than a wheelchair could go. Kevin has told the story of that remarkable trip in a memoir called We Carry Kevin, and now in a picture book with the same title. Besides being a writer and a world traveler, Kevin Chandler heads up an organization called We Carry Kevin, which fosters a culture of creative accessibility by collaborating with families with disabilities around the world sharing Kevin's story to encourage and inspire, distributing specially designed carrier backpacks, and having ongoing conversations about friendship and new ideas for customized access. Kevin is an absolute delight. It was my pleasure to reconnect with him for this conversation. Kevin Chandler, so happy to have you on the Habit Podcast today. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) So you have a uh, new picture book out. It's called We Carry Kevin, Same the same uh, name as your organization that we'll talk about later. Um, but We Carry Kevin is tells the same story in picture book form that you told in a memoir called The View From Here, My Journey as a Backpack. Um, so uh, let's talk about it. Um, give me the, when you give the short version of what these books are about or, or what your work is about tell me what that short version is give me your elevator pitch
0: oh man so uh usually if, if people have no idea what what i do or what i have done um the elevator pitch is uh in 2016 some friends and i went to europe and we left my wheelchair at home which i use all the time and uh we made a, a special backpack for them to carry me uh for three weeks in europe and we got to uh dance in the streets of paris and hop over fences in the english countryside and ended up climbing a uh uh, a a mountain to a monastery up the coast of ireland and uh just got to do whatever we wanted to do regardless of what the world deemed handicap accessible and uh so from there uh when we got home we had families from all over the world asking two questions: Where did you get this backpack? And where did you get these friends? And so we've spent the past, uh, I guess, seven years uh, trying to answer those questions.
1: Oh wow! Okay, and you—you kind of skipped a step. Uh, it was implied, <laughs> but but you—you—you uh, uh, you, you can't walk. Uh, right. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I I have a disease called um, spinal muscular atrophy, uh, which basically means that my uh, the message from my brain to my spinal cord gets a bit glitchy, and so uh, as a result, my muscles atrophy over time, and so they grow weaker as
1: I grow older. Mm, yeah. Um, and so you saw the world from a backpack mm-hmm
0: yeah yeah it was crazy to be taller than i ever imagined i could be uh, <laughs> and my, my wife likes to point out to me that uh i seem to find the tallest friends so <laughs> even taller than the normal person would be but, um, but yeah it was it was great it started with um we wanted to explore the sewers in our hometown and yeah. we'd uh decided that we couldn't take a wheelchair in the sewers so we we made a backpack that was good enough for one night and um and did that and came out of that saying would
1: well, you say we who, who's oh where?
0: yeah so there's a couple guys that ended up going to europe with me um tom and philip and then uh a couple other guys that we were friends with in north carolina through the yep. music scene um a bunch of us played in bands and um knew each other that way and so Uh, That's where it started. And then the trip to Europe, we had a a friend in Indiana and another friend who lives in a different state every other month. So I don't know where he's from.
1: (laughs) Um, When you, uh, my first thought, when you said you wanted to explore um, sewers is did you not bump your head doing that?
0: You know, we almost did, especially because sewers range in size and shape and, um, some of them we could, we could walk through, you know, without even ducking. Uh, and then there were some that the guys had to crawl on their knees. And with that backpack, I was faced, I had my back to their back. So I was faced backwards. And so my nose was right at the concrete and, uh, somehow we managed to not, not kill me. So we <laughs> out, what else could we do? What other adventures could we try to survive? Wow we've been going ever since
1: (laughs) um all right so the as i said what year was it that the view from here came out
0: yeah so when when we got back from europe um i i basically dove right in right away writing uh writing that book and we ended up we self-published it as the view from here and we released a documentary with the same name but then when the publisher picked it up, they said, No, no, you need to call it We Carry Kevin. So now everything is called We Carry
1: Kevin. Oh, I you know, I'm sorry. You, you <laughs> No, no, it's fine. I, I'd forgotten it, that there was the uh, the 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 intermediary the intermediate version. Yeah. Not yeah. intermediate, but but the a second version. I, I'd completely forgotten about that until yeah. until right now.
0: And we're uh, we're actually currently rebranding the documentary to be also called we Carry Kevin. So we're just trying to make it as easy as possible and call everything.
1: We carry Kevin. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Okay. So, <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, um, so that was, that was, I wrote it in 2016 and then it got picked up by a publisher in 20. Uh, it got published in 2019.
1: Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. All right. Now, um, we're going to get to the question of where'd you get this backpack? Tell me about the 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 that other question. Where do you get these friends? Where do you get yeah. friends like like this who will carry you? Um, you know, we're used to to the idea of you know our friends carry us in a metaphorical sense. You're talking about in a literal sense and also a metaphorical sense. Mm. Um, friends who carry you.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, and that I think that's the the bigger and harder question to answer that I've I've. Uh, I don't feel like I have, um, you know, a rote answer. I've actually tried multiple times to write books about it. and Mm -hmm. I don't have the five steps to making these kinds of friends, (laughs) but, um, but what I'm, what I have found is, um, that the Lord has put in my life, these, uh, awesome guys who, who love Jesus and, um, and from that is an outpouring of um, wanting to care for me and allowing me to care for them as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think that's a, a big part of it, um, is recognizing that they're not just doing this as a a charity or a, a yeah. gift to me, but, um, you know, we, we went to Europe because we were friends and we just wanted to have fun together and, mm-hmm. and we realized this is how it, it had to happen. And, um, and so I think that says a lot about who they are. And I, I recognize that that's a unique trait in people. Um, but, uh, well, you've carried me, you know, how I have, how it's how heavy. It you're,
1: you're, <laughs> you're heavy.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so for them to say, no, I, I want to do this. Um, I remember when we were testing out the backpack for Europe, uh, Tom, one, one of the main guys, we, uh, we kind of did some designs and then we put me in it and went for a walk and came back and it was his first time carrying me and we got back and, and I could tell that he was worn out. It had really, it had really worked on him. And I thought for a split second, I was like, Oh no, we're not going to do this, are we? And, uh, and so I said, Tom, are you okay? And he said, yeah, I think I just need to start working out more. (laughs) you know it wasn't really uh whether we're going to do this or not it's how are we going to do it and so yeah um but um i i was this may be a, a slight branch off or tangent but my wife and i were talking uh this weekend about when uh when the man was lowered through the roof and uh and jesus healed him and, and he asked the pharisees that question of um what's easier to say your sins are forgiven or take up your mat and walk and um and we were talking this weekend about how uh isn't that the question it, it's a rhetorical question right like there's not really a a good answer on this side of eternity to yeah. to get to that both are impossible for for yeah. us to quantify um but isn't that the same question that we should be asking ourselves is do we take care of someone bodily or do we take care of someone spiritually and emotionally? Um, we're not supposed to choose between the two. We're supposed yeah. to do both because Jesus did both and we're supposed to do what Jesus did. And um, yeah. and so I, I think that kind of gets to the core of these friendships and um, that gives them a responsibility and me a responsibility to pour into one another, um, whether it's spiritually or physically or emotionally, and um, yeah, care yeah. for one another.
1: Yeah, well, I was thinking about. I mean, you, you mentioned that I uh, one time uh, carried you not very far. Um, yeah. You know, maybe a quarter of a mile, um, and it was it was very tiring. Um, and I, in that moment, I was thinking, how did these guys carry Kevin around yeah. Europe? But then I also realized once you start doing it, you, you get stronger. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's something significant there that, that once we do begin to, to bear one another's burdens, we get a little better at bearing one another's burdens and, and stronger.
0: And yeah, we, we exercise those muscles and, and it becomes more, um, habitual, more, more
1: natural. Yeah. A <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yes, that's right. It's all about habit. <clears throat> um, okay. So I, you're wearing a, a, a shirt right now that says redefining accessibility. Oh, um, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to hear more about that. Yeah. You, you, you redefined accessibility that that has to do with, it's not just Kevin being more independent. Mm. It's Kevin uh, leaning into dependence. I don't know, help me say this right. How, how do yeah. you talk about this?
0: Yeah, so um, the again, the elevator pitch summary of redefining accessibility, which is kind of the tagline for the nonprofit uh, is this idea that ramps and automatic doors and elevators are all great things. Um, but, uh, we need to get back to the core of, of accessibility, which is people helping people, because even those things were invented by someone to help someone. Right. So,
1: um,
0: I, I think we've, we've gotten away in some regards, uh, we've gotten away from the heart of it, um, of people um, doing those things because of relationship. And, uh, there's, a, a, a pub here in Fort Wayne that, uh, their front, their whole restaurant is available to me, uh, accessibility wise, but the front patio has like a three inch step down. And I asked them one to I said, Hey, could I bring a piece of plywood to, you know, if I ever wanted to sit out there and they said, no, we we're actually going to buy a ramp and and put it in there because we because you're a regular and we love you and we care for you so we Mm -hmm. want our whole place to be accessible to you um by ada standards they didn't have to do that but Uh because of the relationship and the heart they they wanted to and so um yeah i think when we get back to relationship and um caring for one another then we get more creative and we're willing to go the, the extra mile, as it were.
1: Yeah, man, I love that language of we get more creative because of relationship, because of of love and friendship.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, I I'm I'm working on, uh, and we can talk about this some some other time. But um, I'm working on a, a new book that talks about um, not just inviting people into your need, but inviting people to step with you into your need. Um, The difference difference is between asking for help and recognizing that you are going to participate in that as well. Um, So I'm I'm not just uh, the receiver, but I'm a contributor as well. And so realizing that our needs can be an open door into deeper fellowship between the person that we invite to step into it with us.
1: (laughs) <laughs> that, uh, that's a lot to think about yeah yeah and and again, uh, not uh not just relevant to to somebody with a with a particular physical need like you have, but mm. to all of us,
0: all of us yeah yeah, um <laughs> the idea came from uh, you know re- a lot of um finding it in scripture this idea of serving one another and and not i don't see a caveat of serve one another unless your need is greater Mm -hmm. and so um realizing um maybe we're supposed to serve one another not in spite of our needs but through them Mm -hmm. um and so i an example would be that I, i have different guys come and get me up every morning um but that's an opportunity for um if i'm present in that in that time it uh, affords them an opportunity to also be present and uh, to have kind of this quieter moment in their day. Um, it gives them a rhythm, and it also gives them, uh, for a lot of them, kind of a downtime <laughs> yeah. in an otherwise busy uh, cell phone and email and you know running around day. They get yeah. about an effort to just be in one spot and be present. So. Yeah. Um, that's and, a way that i can care for them
1: yeah and there's no there's no way to digitize or abstract that right. moment. right there's no app for that
0: right you there's no app for getting kept out of bed present. right right you have to be entirely present or i end up on the floor
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um so you know a lot about collaboration Mm. Right? i mean your, your trip to europe was very much a collaboration yeah. so much of what you do is collaborative um and um these these books that you've worked on have very much been collaborative
0: yeah yeah um uh, not even uh intentionally i would say i i back in back in the day um you know when i was in college and after college i i started writing my own books. And, and I say that like I wrote other people's, I started (laughs) writing books and um, self publishing. And, um, I had one friend that helped with it, but it was really me in the corner typing away. Uh And, um, and I, when we went to Europe, um, Pete Peterson, uh, said, Hey, if you, if you write a book about this, I'll, I'll edit it. I'll work Mm -hmm. on it with you. And, um, if pete gives that offer you you take it so um uh, mm-hmm. so uh so that really i think launched me into this idea of, of working with other people on um these sort of creative endeavors and i i used to play music play in bands and, mm-hmm. and work with other bands and so i was used to uh, collaborating in that sense but um i remember a couple of years ago um kind of hanging up on a on the clothesline of prayer of like, Lord, what does it look like to to write and collaborate? Because it can be a, a lonely endeavor. Um, yeah. even the most collaborative, at some point you have to sit down and do the writing. And so yeah. um, so I, I kind of asked him that and then just left it out there hanging up for for him to answer. And I feel like he has just through experience um, with Pete and, and with others and uh, and then with the the new book, the picture book, obviously we needed an illustrator and so that was a, a whole new uh, understanding for me because you have to uh, convey through words what, what you want an artist to do but also give them freedom to, to do it the way that they want to and um, hope that it's a, a good balance between your vision and their vision and um until then i had uh, any book covers or, or artwork i had done with my brother and mm-hmm. so we grew up together so it was pretty easy but um working with someone new uh natalie uh peterson was um just incredible to work with and and really fun and um yeah
1: she did a great job of the pictures in this she?
0: she did It's so great. Anytime people see it, they open it and, or, I mean, they like back away with, with awe at the vibrant colors and the characters. Um, and, uh, but then we, we had, um, Jennifer Pete's wife, uh, Jennifer Trafton was kind of the, the coach of, of the whole project and, um, worked with me on the writing and, uh, honing the story and then also worked with Natalie and, uh, especially worked with me on how to convey to Natalie what what we were thinking. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, it was great.
1: <laughs> um, so I'd love to hear about that process of of going from a memoir for grownups, yeah, to translating those ideas. I mean, what this this picture book is something like two hundred words, three hundred words.
0: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's it's thirty two yeah. pages, something like that. That's so. not many words it's not <laughs>
1: yeah it's so part- so tell me about that how how do you i just want to hear i just want to hear about that process yeah it was
0: it was a an interesting process because um throughout the memoir there's there's all these different themes um you know there's the overall i when i wrote it i decided i'm just going to write the events and that's where I'm going to start. And then by the end of the chapters, we'll see where I end up as far as my internal dialogue and thoughts and things. Um, and, and so with that, I didn't really go in with an agenda of what the book would be. Um, so I, I think it's, it is cohesive, but it's a lot of different kind of themes and ideas throughout. And, um, and so the idea of how do we what do we pick and choose to include in this kind of short form version um and i i've actually seen that in um i have you ever read Peter Pan the original book yeah no. um so it's it's a awesome book but it's funny because every play and movie and comic book and spin-off series of people write um it always focuses on like, just a, a little corner of the of the whole story and uh, and so I felt like we had to do the same thing and say okay what what little blip do we want to focus in on and I I even entertained the idea at one point of um, of doing three different picture books one for each country that we went to um, and Jennifer said no I, I think we need to do one book we need to do it right we just really need to sharpen it and so uh, there were a lot of different versions. We wrote versions that had far more than 200 words <laughs> um, and and covered a lot more ground. And then we rewrote those and then we whittled it down. And, and um, eventually what we decided, um, because I, I wanted, you know, we wanted to publish this, but we also, I thought this would be great to include in every backpack that we give away and, uh, or sell or, yeah, every backpack we distribute, uh, which this past weekend we delivered number 1000. Uh, so yeah, that's been pretty cool, um, to experience, but we want to put it in every box that we send out, uh, with a backpack. And so, uh, Jennifer kind of threw out the idea of, well, what if the focus of this book was, um, your fears or hesitations about being in the backpack she said, you, have you ever had any I said, oh yeah and I just rattled some off. I said, well you know like when we're in the woods and you know I see a branch coming up or the guy's gonna remember to to duck or I've never walked on my own two feet I don't know how that works what if they trip or you know I'm I'm amazed. That people don't trip every other step—it's—it's it's just baffling to me. Um, and and you know, and then when we were hiking uh, on Skellig Michael to go to the monastery, there were moments when I thought we're going to fall right off the side of this thing and end up in the ocean, and that's going to be really cold if we're still alive, you know. And and so
1: that's a great picture, by the way, where, where y'all are are being blown off the cliff, you know. The- <laughs> Natalie did a great job illustrating that sort of (laughs) illustrating your fear in that that moment. Yeah. And
0: so, and so we thought, well, how do we take these concerns because kids are probably going to have them too. You know, Mm -hmm. you're taller than you ever have been before. You're not in control. Mm -hmm. What, what do you, what do you do with that? And um, I was recently um, I wish I could say this inspired the book, but it just affirmed it because we had already written the book, but um, we were at a conference recently, and a family was trying out the backpack, and and the the little girl was um, kind of nervous about it. She was maybe seven or eight years old, and they got her in it, but it was still on the floor, and she was she was like, "I don't know, Dad, I don't know." Wow. And just then, this little five year old boy who has a backpack and has used it a lot, um, he and his family were were there. And so my wife, uh, Katie, said, "said Hey, do you mind talking to her for a minute?" And so he wheeled his chair up to her, and said, "Don't worry, it's scary at first, but then it's a lot of fun." <laughs> and so it's like, oh, all of the uh, probably a lot of these kids have that concern um, yeah. because you're you are giving up your independence entirely, um, yeah. and and but what you're trading it for is uh, not just the ability to go places you couldn't, but to experience relationship and friendship in a, a new and deeper lo- way, and um, and so that became the focus of the book. Was here are these concerns that you might have, um, and and we wrote it so that parent in the third person so that parents could read it to the child mm-hmm. and and be speaking it over them. So I think that's mm-hmm. a powerful thing about reading aloud is that whatever you're reading to someone, you're really speaking it over them. You're, mm-hmm. you're speaking it to them. And so, um, so yeah, it, it became this, here are some concerns you might have. I understand that. I want to acknowledge that. But here's what happens when you trust people. Like, what here's what can happen this beautiful thing. And, um, and so we realized it's a really a story about courage and trust and being trustworthy. And so that that's kind of where we ended up with the story.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. A, a story getting that backpack. I know it's hard to carry the backpack, but getting in it, <laughs> you're having to really put a lot of trust in people.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, people ask me a lot, like, what was it like leaving your wheelchair behind and using the backpack? And and really, I mean, we had a plane to catch. I didn't have time to think about, <laughs> you know, leave, I didn't say bye to my wheelchair, and have the, <laughs> you know, movie moment of, you know, yeah, right. the, the strings quartet and everything. But um, it didn't hit me until about a week and a half into the trip. Um, because, uh, we were, we were in London and, and London, let's say on a sunny day, London is pretty accessible. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, and I was like, oh, if I had my wheelchair, I could go off and do this thing on my own or this Mm. thing. And, uh, and that's when I realized that, um, I didn't trade one thing for a better thing or vice versa. Um it was just one experience for another both are great both both are um both create accessibility just in different
1: ways yeah there's a moment in in the the picture book i can't put my finger on why it's i can't put my finger on why it's it seems like such a special moment in the book maybe you can say more about it um when your friends put you down to to be by yourself Mm. there's a moment um where you know you just said it's in third person. So Kevin is, <laughs> it's, it's the only spread in the whole book where you're by yourself. Yeah. And, um, and of course that's, that is a, a from a, a real, a real moment in your trip. Um yeah. Can you tell me about that and and help me understand why that is such a, I don't know what moving or, or, or yeah. engaging moment in that little picture book.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and the, the grown-up memoir, I still don't know what to call it compared to children's picture book, the the grown-up book, adult book, I don't know, yeah. but, um, uh, it delves deeper into it, um, that, uh, I was on Tom's back and, uh, we were hiking through the English countryside. Uh, what we thought was going to be like a mile ended up being six miles oh. and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and we came up uh, to this hill. Kind of crested this hill, and Tom said, uh, th- "This will do." And I just thought he meant, you know, this is a great view. Let's let's hang out here for a minute. Um, but what he meant was he was referring to a conversation that we had had several months before that, um, when I said, you know, we were driving on a highway, probably through Ohio or something, and uh, where there's lots of open fields. Mm-hmm. And I said, if I was able to drive, I would never get anywhere. Because when I got to fields like this, I would pull over and run out in the middle of the field and just stand there. And it would be uh, the the ground below and the sky above and me and God in the middle. And uh, and he remembered that even beyond me remembering that. Uh-huh. And uh, And so when we got to the top of this hill, he said, this will do. And he took me off his back and set me on the ground, and said, "We're gonna, we're gonna go for a bit. There's a fence back here. I want to go sit on, and um, we'll, we'll be back." And I, to this day, I don't know how long they were gone. It might have been five minutes. It might have been a, a half hour. But, um, but he gave me uh, the gift of being somewhere that I would never otherwise have been on my own, but he got me there and then he put me down to be on my own, um, just for, just for a little bit. And, um, and so I, I, I guess maybe that comes through, um, so clearly, like you said, that it's almost like a, I don't know if this is the right word, but almost a stark difference from the rest Mm -hmm. of the the communal book. You have the spread of Kevin by himself in the backpack. Um, and, it's almost like your brain goes, "Wait, that shouldn't be that. That, that yeah. you know, that, that yeah. doesn't work." Um, but uh, but then a, a fun kind of side note on that is <clears throat> when that happened in real life. Um, mm-hmm. Our our filmmaker, because we had a, a friend that came with us to film the whole three weeks that we were in Europe. Um, he had gone on the hike with us. Um, but like I said, it was, it was six miles and about a mile or two. in, he, he decided, you know, I've, I've got what I need. I mean, it's a hype, what, what's going to happen. And, (laughs) and, uh, and he had gotten some great footage and that's in the documentary, but then he had headed back to do some editing and, and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, uh, and so we didn't have any sort of visual, um, representation of that moment and uh and so i had sent natalie uh some descriptions and i I think i sent her what i wrote in the book and um and she uh i I think (laughs) i think the holy spirit inspired inspired her that she she made a visual representation that really um is almost exactly what what we experienced and so that was a, a cool gift as well
1: yeah yeah i guess i i just I was so struck by the sensitivity of your friends. Just oh, mm-hmm. on one hand, this incredible generosity for them to to <clears throat> to carry you, but mm-hmm. then also that sensitivity to say, "and we're also going to let you be alone for a little while."
0: Yeah, and yeah. that was
1: something <laughs> without your chair, you didn't have the option of of getting off by yourself.
0: Right. Well, and even even with my chair in that setting, I, <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. would never have got up there and. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I think it's a, a, it brings a sense of dignity that, um, and it shows that they weren't just, uh, like we said earlier, they weren't just doing this as a caregiving thing, but it was Mm -hmm. because we were friends and, Mm -hmm. and because we were friends, um, we paid attention to each other and we knew what Mm -hmm. our, our, um, desires were and, Mm -hmm. and we, we acknowledged those and, um, made those happen as best we could.
1: Yeah yeah and your your perspective on the world it seems to me um you know when when you're saying if i could i would go sit by myself in a field Mm -hmm. um, that's the kind of perspective that your friends probably would would take for granted the the need the 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 value of being Mm -hmm. so you brought that to them you you uh you gave them something that they didn't have access to uh without you uh,
0: yeah giving them a chance to recognize and, and kind of focus in on um, aspects of life that they wouldn't otherwise yeah. know.
1: Yeah. Okay. I, I, I should have asked you about this sooner because uh, it might've helped some, some things go better earlier in the conversation. You, uh, the We Carry Kevin organization, uh, you are making these backpacks available to um mostly children. I, I, is it mostly children? I assume it's mostly children, but adults do. Yeah. yeah. We we were trying
0: to do the math the other day. It's probably like 85 to 90 percent um, children between the ages of four and 12 um, okay. with uh, uh, various disabilities. The, the range is crazy to me, but um, that typically is kind of the Uh, the backpack has a weight capacity. And so, um, that age range typically, especially with the disease kind of falls into that, um, that weight capacity. And, um, so yeah, we have, we have kids with spina bifida and cerebral palsy and, um, spinal muscular atrophy like I have, and then, uh, several rare diseases, um, where there's, you know, anywhere from, 10 to 20 people in the world that have the disease. Wow. <laughs> yes. um, and, uh, and so, yeah, when we, when we got back from uh, Europe, we, we had worked with um, a company called Deuter uh, out of their, their U.S. offices in Colorado. Um, and they've been making backpacks and uh, well, they've been making backpacks for about 150 years really? and they've, yeah, and they've been making uh, kid carriers for like toddlers um, for I don't know probably forty or fifty years, and so we had worked with them to develop our backpack. And so mm-hmm. when we got home from Europe, we sent them what we had done in my parents' kitchen, and uh-huh. and they made a factory version uh-huh. and, and tested it and certified it and everything. Uh-huh. And um, and then started mass producing it for us. And so uh, that's what we've been distributing uh, around the world ever since. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, we just delivered our uh, number 1,000 um, over amazing. the weekend. And uh, and we are uh, currently in 44 countries. Really? And so, yeah. And it's all word of mouth. It's all just families trying it out and
1: amazing. And, and then sharing it with, their friends and so um and so people so you i'm sure this is a a pretty expensive backpack i I should think it'd be a Mm. um yeah Yeah. so you have people who donate to help uh defray the cost i mean are are you giving these backpacks away to to families or
0: yeah it's kind of a kind of a mix um so we we have the option for families to just buy it outright because Mm -hmm. some want to and and can Um, we also, uh, so I'm in a wheelchair and and so is my sister. So we grew up very much being aware of, um, I don't know what you call it. The disability tax, maybe like the, like the pink tax. Um, and you know, like, uh, a used wheelchair van, um, that's 10 years old is going to cost about as much as a brand new regular van, you know, and there's just costs are astronomical, And so when we started developing this backpack, I said, um, one thing I know is I, I want it to be comparable to what a a normal family would, would pay for a normal child carrier. Um, because a lot of these families did use, you know, the, the daughter kid carrier, and then they outgrew it. So they Uh need to move to ours. And, um, and so why charge them double or triple? So, um, so it's pretty comparable. It's, it's, um, $450 plus oh, shipping. Okay. Um, to ship overseas can double that pretty mm-hmm. quick. So yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. where it gets expensive. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we, we have the option for people to buy it. Um, but also, um, we have a, a program it's uh, on our website called, um, the causes page. And so if a family wants a backpack, we give them the option to, um, uh, to have a fundraiser through our website. Okay. And so they can share it with their community. Um, and we can also share it with ours. And that kind of goes back to answering the question of where did you get these friends mm-hmm. because so much of that is, um, interaction and, and putting yourself out there. And, um, and so we thought, well uh this is a fun ask this is a fun need to invite people into um and and so you know rather than saying can you take me to the doctor or help me with Mm -hmm. the restroom um let's start with the question of can you help me get this backpack so i can go hiking and then and then those uh, the the need is made aware to the community around you Uh and um and hopefully that's an icebreaker for people to then say oh when you use it could we come could we be yeah. a part of this and um or what else what else can we do and um develop a relationship and so um yeah so we we started that actually right about a year ago and i've uh-huh. um, really been thrilled with how the causes have been going
1: yeah good so a lot of a lot, a lot of people taking advantage of that opportunity
0: yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, a growing amount that kind take advantage of that. Yeah, we're thankful
1: for that. That's great. Yeah. I, I we, love the way you're you're making it, um, giving people opportunities to, con- to connect. Yeah, yeah, and to be creative and to um, and to, to love one another. So yeah,
0: yeah, just trying to give the opportunity and and let people go from there.
1: Yeah. Um, what are some other ways? This this is my last question. What are some other ways that people can can get involved in? We carry Kevin and or the kind of issues that you're interested in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I I would say, uh, and actually, at the back of the children's picture book, we have a whole list of ways that people can get involved, and talks more about the the nonprofit um, and it's uh, it's up for pre-order on our on our website now so people can check that out. Uh-huh. But um as far as getting involved, um I think the causes page is a great place to start. Um mm-hmm. because you have individual families on there, but you also have um other ministries and nonprofits and um and support groups that are starting to say, hey, we want to do a cause for five backpacks or ten backpacks. Yeah. We're actually um we are getting ready to send 25 backpacks to ethiopia right. um, with the ministry and so um, i think that's a, a great place to start because you can give to that or you can just share it with your community mm-hmm. um, and if you give to it then you get updates from that specific profile once they get the backpack you get pictures and stuff mm-hmm. and so it's just such an an easy and fun way to connect um and, and build a relationship with people. Uh and then we, we have other other ways for people to give on the website, they can check that out. Um but but I would say yeah the causes is a good place to start. And then as far as in general, um with the, the whole idea um that we're we're working with and, and trying to promote of redefining accessibility as a, a cooperative effort of people helping people um i i think you know just just paying attention to the world around you paying attention mm-hmm. to the people around you and um offering the the dignity of a hey how's it going or a, yeah you know, high five or holding the door open um and you know just the the simple love of jesus um through those things and and then being open to what he might do um through that you know uh, opening the door for someone may lead to a lifelong friendship we'll see yeah but, um, but we have to be open and, and uh available for those things so
1: yeah well kevin chandler it's always such a pleasure to talk to you and i, I love your your perspective on on things and um so thanks for your thanks for this work that you're doing uh, you're you're doing good things so thanks, thanks for being here thanks <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by The Rabbit Room, where art nourishes community and community nourishes art. And all our podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our members. To learn more about us, visit rabbitroom.com. And to become a member, rabbitroom.com donate.